<laughs> You're not Chad. Coming in hot. Listening to what Whoa! Here we are today. You are not Chad Prevost. I'm here with the Sultan of Sonar himself. It is Zach Strickland who is filling in for our fair co-host who is on a cruise. Yeah, good good for him. <laughs> you know what yesterday was or the past couple days were? No. They were Prime Day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did know that. Did you happen to get any deals? I, I did. So it's my daughter's birthday coming up. Ooh. And a little cowbell for your daughter's yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we just ordered a bunch of stuff for her. Yeah. And then I got a new watch band. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did, it already arrived. It did. Wow. And that's Two days a, later. What is that, an Apple watch? No, it is a Fitbit Versa. Oh, a Fitbit it's Versa. A fitness watch. I got myself for my wife. She mm-hmm. moved out here. She has to work remote. She has an iMac, but we also have a pool at our building. So I got her a MacBook Air. Uh, it's only $700. Only. Usually like 1000 or yeah. $1,100. i am a PC guy. I think that Macs are kind of a, a waste, but you know. I'm, I'm a PC guy my whole life. Not a hill I want to die on with the there wife. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, great shirt right there. Thanks. Speaking of shirts, I got this one on Amazon too, but I meant to buy this shirt. This is the shirt I picked, and they sent me a shirt with the shirt, shirt I wanted on it, and I didn't send it back because it was so stupid. I've never seen, I've never seen that before. It's got a shirt on it. It's, it's a, a shirt, shirt of, a shirt. of a shirt. Yes, yo, dog. I heard you like shirts, so I put a shirt in your shirt. The other thing I got was an Echo Dot, and it just arrived. I went home to walk my dog because my my family went back to Boston. I'm flying out to New York for Freightways Radio this Saturday. I'm hosting that with John Kingston. But I got the Echo Dot, and I finally set it up. And um, if you ask it, if, if you set up the skill Freight Waves, and you say, what are my news briefs, my voice pops out of it, and the morning minute is on there. That's so awesome. So That's exciting. awesome. Dude, my kids would flip out if, they, if I ever put on a skill on Amazon Echo Dot. You know, they've been, oh. they've been watching me on YouTube. Yeah. With all the Freight Waves Now content, and they yeah. think that that's, like, the coolest thing ever. Oh, like, if your voice came out? Oh, yeah. We oh. need to get What the Truck on there. So yeah, They could absolutely. be like, Alexa, play What the Truck. <laughs> yeah. Alexa. We've got to pay the bills. This episode of What the Truck is brought to you by Truckstop.com, the world's most trusted load board. Want to find the best carriers at the best rates? See market data, build relationships, and grow your business with Truckstop.com. Visit Truckstop.com today for more information. Alexa, play the headlines. in the news, my friend Zach. Peloton. They've unveiled level four platooning technology with an autonomous following truck. And this is something we heard a lot about last year. Driver shortage, nonstop coverage really for for autonomous trucks and for Peloton doing this platooning technology. Hadn't heard about it for a while because the market's been sort of depressed, that freight market, that freight recession, that doom and gloom. But Peloton is still working hard at it. Peloton Technologies unveiled its vision to develop its new level four Automated following technology on July 17th at the Automated Vehicle Symposium in Orlando, Florida. Its new technology would allow the lead truck to steer two commercial vehicles in a platoon. A driving strategy featuring digitally tethered trucks traveling in a single file. The company's company's vehicle-to-vehicle technology allows a human driver and the lead truck to guide the one behind it, including acceleration, braking, backing up. Special stuff. What do you, what is your, what do you think about platooning? You think this is going to uh, change and revolutionize the industry? You know, we've, we've heard about this from other companies as well, like Daimler. Yeah. Uh, they had, I, I went out and watched their uh, platooning demo last year. Yeah. Uh, very cool stuff. Uh, still, still just not, it, it just doesn't satisfy me in terms of like thinking that this is going to be the thing that revolutionizes the autonomous sector. Yeah. You know, because it's, it still involves people driving, but there's still a lot of, you know, technology around it that needs to be in existence, in place. Yeah. 
Um, so and, well, I was gonna say we always talk about like distracted driving yeah. too, and how distracting is driving a second truck? Yeah, like now you're driving two cars at once. Yeah, I just I, there's something about it that just doesn't satisfy me, as well as the fact that it's, you know, what about just hooking up another trailer? Because isn't yeah. that effectively what you're doing? So yeah. then you've got regulations that you're gonna have to deal with and all this other stuff. I don't know. I'm. I mean, there's length <laughs> restrictions on two trailers, but yeah. it seems like if this technology does come into play, it's going to be more so in the autonomous field. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't think we're quite ready for being like, oh, we've got, we've got it figured out. No. <laughs> so Union Pacific sets operating ratio record despite lower quarterly volumes. Wow. So this is a, this is pretty interesting to me. Uh, yeah, how does that work? Especially watching people in the freight market because the, the rails and the trucks. The trucks are tied together. Yeah. Um, so, intermodal, right? Yeah. We, like, in, like when there was a trucking, the capacity shortage last yeah. year, intermodal rates go up because there's like a, a 600 mile or so break even point with diesel prices where it makes sense to bring it onto the rail. Yeah. Oh, but also as trucking uh, capacity tightens, it becomes more conduce, cost conducive to put things on the rail. Yeah. So all this freight can get moved on the rail in general. But the problem with the rail uh, that most shippers uh, at least say will be, well, the service isn't there and, you know, you still have to get it off the rail to their DC or their dock somewhere. So it, there's still another segment involved. So drayage and things like that, getting it to the rail, off yeah. the rail will still slow it down a little bit. So it's, it's not a perfect answer, but the fact that Union Pacific will set a record on their OR yeah. is, I mean, and I think only one other, I think I read another trucking earnings, uh, Heartland actually set a, a solid OR way above uh, what they were expected to make uh, over, with lower revenue, yeah. which essentially is lower volume. So I think what we're seeing right now is the effect of 2018 inflated contract prices yeah, really having an impact on bringing up revenues while volumes are quite subdued. <laughs> so next year, should we expect that that will even out a little bit more and we'll have a different outlook for Union Pacific? I, I think, yeah, we'll we'll have a little bit more correction this year. You're going to see some of this capacity bleed off, but I don't think the rails are as much of a risk as truckload because they do an amazing job. As a former pricing guy, I envy the rail situation in the way that they can just reduce capacity, add capacity yeah. at an incremental cost. Like it doesn't cost them that much more to put another rail car on their line. Yeah. So Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't have the same exact regulations where I think that you can, as we talked about adding another trailer to a truck, I think three is the most you can add to a truck. You don't really even see that that right. often. You see the doubles, but it's not like you can put 19 behind yeah. your truck. Right, exactly. Even with that Peloton <laughs> technology. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Trayton Boss says VW Truck Unit is not interested in acquiring Navistar. And the reason that this is interesting and, and it caused their shares to fall is that the expectation is that they would. And the reasoning that was giving is uh, Tray Trayton, or Tratton, CEO Andreas Rentschler told the German newspaper Hensleblatt that owning 16.8 of Navistar stock and controlling two board seats is more than sufficient. They said they're very satisfied with the partnership as it is. And to be honest, many takeovers, even in other industries, are unsuccessful. So pretty interesting stuff right there. Yeah, this feels like a failed negotiation. To yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it's a spin. Yeah, there's there's definitely something more to it. Um, eventually, I believe the goal is for VW to totally buy up Navistar. Yeah. Navistar, I know personally, uh, having experience with their failed Max Force engine yeah. uh, that gave them really bad street cred back in the day. Their 2011, 12, 13 engine or models, uh, Class 8 vehicles, were a disaster. Uh, yeah. They really screwed up some of our fleet. Uh, our maintenance costs on those units were through the roof. Um, so that really hurt their value. And, I, you know, it, it's kind of confusing in the way that I would think their stock price is becoming more and more 
you know, easily purchased. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, well, actually, now might be the perfect time. So it feels like there's some back office stuff going on here that we just can't see. Well, speaking of negotiations that didn't fail, we picked up American <laughs> Shipper recently. And, and here's a headline that you're going to read from our friends at AmericanShipper.com. Right on. Trump issues by American order. Uh-oh. So, President. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. President Donald Trump issued an executive order Monday that could set the stage for higher domestic content requirements for federal government procurements. The executive order envisions the possibility the most end products will be treated as foreign origin if the cost of foreign products used and the end product composes of 45% or more of the cost. Currently, that's at 50%. Yeah. So basically, he's lowering the threshold on how much the total cost of an end unit can be from another country. So it's kind of like... He wants 55% of the product's cost to be or origin from America. Yeah. And eventually, he wants it to be as low as 25%. So there's another writer in there that says, he, he's basically saying all these products need to be sourced mostly from America. What does this do to, like, our internal supply chain, though? Because obviously, business is set up based on supply and demand. So when you make these big sweeping changes, is there anyone there to pick up that slack? Is, is there enough steel produced in America to make ends meet? Or does he just expect us to pressure other countries and, and turn their hand? I mean, obviously, everything he does has got some sort of negotiating yeah. value in there. I think he's trying to uh, keep America's leverage higher yeah. as we intern. Like he saw this, what we did with oil, make I mean, America leverageable again. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but I mean, looking at the oil production, yeah, like, we're no longer dependent on like OPEC to set the rates anymore. We produce as much oil as anybody else, yeah, and we're self sufficient. So we're not as uh, exposed to some of these geopolitical uh, things as we used to be. But I think that's kind of what he's driving towards with a lot of our goods. I mean, mm. especially as he can see that we are a service economy. We're not an industrial production economy as much as we were in the past. Um, most of the GDP comes from services, you know, software, technology, you know, anything like that. And, you know, most of our goods comes from overseas. And I can kind of see his 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 angle here, yeah. trying to just push us in that direction. Five percent isn't a huge deal, but supply chains do not change overnight. No, <laughs> so well, it's a developing situation, right? right? We will keep it monitored. You know, it's also a developing situation. I mentioned it at the top of the show. I'm going to New York over the weekend. I'm going to be taking a plane there. So we are going to have, uh, not specifically because of me, but we're having uh, Jesse Cohen. He's in town. He's our air freight expert. We're going to have a focus on air freight with him right now. Jesse Cohen, come on in. Come into the truth booth, my friend. A little cowbell for you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mr. Dooner. How are you today? I'm great. Step on up to the mic. Do you need a little space for your, your laptop over here? It seems like you've got a lot of notes. You've got paper in your hand. You've got a... You've got a well prepared. Yeah, man. Relatively. Is that, like a, that must be like a 17-inch monitor on that your shell huge. right there. That's there you a, go. They look a little bigger every year. I can't memorize all the numbers out there. <laughs> As I was just telling Zach, we are... As I was just telling Zach, we are going to, I'm going to New York over the weekend. I'm taking an airplane from Chattanooga to Charlotte to LaGuardia. Am I going to experience any delays going over to LaGuardia over there in New York? You very well may. You've got uh, a lot of hot weather this weekend. You've got a lot of weather out there. And LaGuardia is one of the airports that's um, prone to delays. So Yeah. All right. Yep. I'll expect it. Uh, John Kingston, he was already a little nervous about <laughs> meeting me out there on Friday. And I told him, you know what, I might not... I'll be coming into Manhattan. It's going to take me like an hour and a half on my Uber or the subway anyway to get down to Rockefeller Center. So just meet me on Saturday. That's exciting. So Jesse, <laughs> tell us a little about what's going on in the world of air freight. I know that there was a story on FreightWaves.com concerning the Boeing 737 Maxes, which are going to stay grounded, what, until 2020? So, uh, yeah, I actually uh, put that story out there this morning. 
Um, so uh, all of our uh, listeners can uh, go take a look at more of the detail. But uh, right now, the major airlines that are flying that airplane, and there are four of them in North America, there's uh, Southwest, American United and Air Canada mm-hmm. have basically announced delays in the schedule. They're not going to put them back in until November 2nd, but you've got the Wall Street Journal basically with some other information that suggests that uh, those airplanes won't be available to fly, won't get approvals until 2020. Wow. And is this a, as part of the approval, is there also a confidence issue? I know that other, I know that other companies have come out and they've not They've bought planes from like Airbus instead of Boeing because of this issue. It seems like it's a big kind of catastrophe for them as a company, right? Yeah, so probably deservedly a little bit too. I mean, lives were lost, right? Yeah, That's... so certainly it's a temporary uh, setback for Boeing. Hopefully, it's a temporary setback. They're obviously a very important exporter for the U.S. economy. They drive a lot of business. They drive a lot of purchasing. Huge. Um, but I think you know my view is uh, over time. Um, you know, they'll make good on this. They'll uh, they'll make their reparations to the airlines that are involved and get back in their good graces. Clearly there's going to be some confidence building in getting folks to, to feel confident, to be able to fly safely on the max. Nice. Uh, do you know, do you, do you know what the total number was on the, on the settlement? Like, did we, didn't you write that in there? There wasn't a, a no? set, there hasn't been any settlement okay. on the maxes. Um, I think, I you, know, I the, saw one. you know, the airlines have uh, very close relationships with Boeing. They also have very close relationships with Airbus mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I, I'm sure that there have been discussions going on at the very senior levels that uh, Boeing will make good on this one way or another in terms of credits or future uh, future credits or things like that. But the the articles really focus on the cargo impact. Yeah. Because okay. uh, the passenger impact is huge. Uh, there's uh, Southwest, which has the most airplanes, 34 airplanes, about 180 flights a day that are getting canceled. They have to find other airplanes for those. You know, one of the most exciting stories that I read this week in Air Freight, and I spoke to the CEO of Freightos the other day. He's going to be on Freightways Insiders tomorrow, Zeev Schreiber. Oh, tight. Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be on Insiders tomorrow. I talked to him yesterday, the episode. I'm just finishing up editing it. But they just struck a big deal with, with United to be a part of their digital load board over there. Where do you see that going? How do you see the Air Freight in- institution just changing by going digital now and going digital with, with uh, tenders? Yeah, so Freitos has been really moving uh, most recently with United, but yeah. also recently with uh, Air France, KLM, and uh, I believe Lufthansa is also signed Seems up like pretty them. soon so, they will, they'll be the standard. So I think we have a really critical mass to get more digitized in the booking space, uh, more transparency around rates um, for the forwarding industry and for the shippers. Yeah. So I, I, I think that this is a very positive move. I think other major U.S. carriers and certainly other uh, international carriers will get on board. Freightos isn't the only player out there. There's yeah. a company called Cargo One. Yeah. But Freightos certainly has a name recognition. They've built up a mm-hmm. tremendous credibility on the ocean side of the business. You know, Zach, I asked V why. You know, he's a serial entrepreneur, and he isn't from this industry. And I said, well, why would you focus on that business? And it turns out he worked for a company called Light Tech. He was the CEO of a company called Light Tech that eventually sold to GE Lighting. And every time he had to deal with freight, he'd get so frustrated because he was like, it, I felt like I was in another century. Yeah, and that's, no, that's true. <laughs> that's what gave him the idea was booking freight for, for light tech. No, that's incredible. Because, yeah. <laughs> especially for somebody that doesn't have the experience in the industry. When we work in the industry, yeah. we feel that way. Yeah. We feel like we're back in 1986 or whatever. But <laughs> and, and truckers out there, you might be thinking, oh, I thought it was just us who was relying on facts and all that. But no, the airlines, because you, you think when you go online, you book a seat. For the, the longest time, the airlines were one of the first to allow digital bookings for yep. passengers, but cargo was still in the Stone Age. Oh, and the rate volatility for cargo is, is tremendous. 
Yeah, the rate is volatility <laughs> yeah. is very significant. About fifty percent in some markets of uh, of an airplane space is, is sold on a spot basis, on a week to week basis. So you've got a lot of volatility on that. Uh, wow, I didn't realize it was that much. It, it can be that much in in a lot of markets. Um, mm-hmm. You know, in very high demand markets, you know, shippers are going to want to confirm their space. But in a lot of markets, they like to play the spot market. Yeah, trucking's only ten to fifteen percent in general, and yeah. now you got fifty in airline. That's crazy. Wow, that is yeah. crazy. So, Jesse, we have to jump to our next segment, but anything you can leave us with or how can our listeners or viewers now, viewers, Mm -hmm. hi, Facebook, (laughs) how can our viewers go about finding out more about uh, Jesse Cohen and what you do on Freightways? So, um, you know, we write for the Sonar subscribers uh, every day in the Daily Watch. We're trying to get more air cargo information into Sonar. Yeah. That will make it a richer source. We recently brought in uh, airport wait times into that. Yeah. And we're working on uh, air cargo capacity and a few other things. That should be uh, really cool in the future. So, I love uh, seeing it. We got Henry dealing with the ocean. We got yeah. you dealing with the air. We're gonna we're taking over the world with yeah. sonar. And we got the moves. Sultan of Sonar <laughs> now in the booth in Chad in Chad's absence. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, enjoy your time here in Chattanooga. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. Take it easy. Where is he? Here he is. Phil. Moody on the move. Move on in the booth. <laughs> Moody, gentlemen. There he is. Phil Moody. Phil Moody, the principal's office. You're playing Tupac, right? I'm playing Tupac? Yeah. Yeah, in a movie. <laughs> I'll get in more trouble than Scarlett Johansson. All right. Nice reference. Yeah. Well, you are here, sir, to announce. Let, let's just let's just jump right into it. Freight Waves Live, right? We changed the name. That was your last announcement a, bun- a month ago. We and did. now all of the speakers and keynote speakers have ratcheted up. And if you saw our last show, we had some amazing guys on there. We had, I mean, we had Gary V, the V-man, v. right? Vanderchuk, man. We had, uh, yeah, last November we had Michael Lewis. Oh, wow. Who, a uh, big author, big short, yeah. Moneyball, you name it, he probably wrote it. Well, this, <laughs> the gentleman we're having, he's been played Maybe. by uh, Leonardo DiCaprio in a movie, right? That's right. I've never had that happen. Have you, Zach? Yes, once. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Which one was it? Basketball Diaries? Yeah. Okay. Oh. my big day. <laughs> I was, I was really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't alive in 1920 or 16, well, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so Moody, who is it? Who is this? Who is this speaker? The Wolf of Wall Street himself, Jordan Belfort. Wow, big signee for us coming in. Uh, we're pretty amped about well, it. His team's been really a, great to work with. A little cowbell for that. Yes, yeah. I'm. I'm super pumped for yep. this guy, dude. Yeah. That, that that movie, you know, I watched it. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. yeah, you know what? And there's a, there's another movie that is equally as good called Boiler Room. It's a little bit older. Oh man, that's yeah, one of my favorite Boiler movies. Room. Yeah, it's it, it, it. Am I thinking Boiler Room? Right? Is that the one that's the based yeah. off the same exact story? Yeah, it's it's yeah. similar. It's not yeah. the same story, but it's similar. Like yeah. it's it's about that like world. these you know penny stock sales. It's it's the same thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's based off the. It's basically I think loosely based off the yeah. same exact story. Exactly. And it's done in uh-huh. a slightly different. It's not as lavish as it's actually more about the scam than. Mm-hmm. Wolf of Wall Street is more about the result of the scam, the and lavish lifestyle. His lifestyle was what was so crazy about Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, yeah, they were they were definitely more like uh, Glengarry Glenn Ross in the uh, in the Boiler Room. One, yeah, you know? and they're different <laughs> enough. I would recommend watching both if yeah. you like. They're great double feature. I'm really hoping we can get Jordan to recreate that scene of him <laughs> crawling out to the car. Oh, you yeah. Know, I was I was a little nervous a about continuous shot. Yeah, is he so? Is he pretty awesome. open about his? Obviously, there's books and stuff and and memoirs. So, so is he, he's pretty open about all that stuff. I think oh, yeah. so. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be at this point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his story's been told very publicly. Yeah. He's traveled all around the world, met with every sector of the economy. Yeah, uh, presented in front of him. You know, he's come out with three books: Wolf of Wall Street, Catching the Wolf of Wall Street, and then uh, The Way of the Wolf. Wow. So he, big sales guy. Yeah, something about wolves. He loves He's, it. You worked on the financial side. So is this guy looked down upon, or is he like, is he kind of like a, 
a cultural icon to the stock dude. Uh, he, he's, he's kind of an icon. I yeah. mean, let's, let's be honest. I mean, the 80s and 90s in Wall Street were considered, I mean, anybody that's seen the movie Wall Street, Gordon yeah. Gecko, mm -hmm. is like the epitome of what everybody envisions their stockbroker to be like. And what's hilarious is that movie was like, it was a parody. It was supposed to be a yeah. decree of, it was like, it'd be like watching American Psycho and being like, yeah, I want to go out and kill a bunch of people. No, I mean, yeah. I, I think culturally today. Even to an extreme, but <laughs> yeah. 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 I think generationally, I think you're going to see a shift of less of that. But yeah. certainly the people that have been around that industry are more like, oh, wow, that was amazing that you could get away with that, number one. Mm -hmm. yeah. But the way that they were able to just go in and crush like their environment for a short Gangsta. period of time was, I mean... Gangsters. Ooh, Speaking oh, yeah. of gangster, Phil, tell Phil, tell yeah. me about this Tupac. Who was this guy? So this seventy-something-year-old man that was sending out Tupac messages. Yeah. So because he's on the move, on the move out of yeah, his company. Do you also, even know? Also, no. also on the move is Jerry Foxhaven. Okay. He was from the. Yeah, you haven't heard this yet. No. He was from the Iowa Department of Human Services. All right. So he was asked to resign back on June seventeenth. Yeah. The day previous, he sent an email to all forty-three hundred employees in the department. Asking them to commemorate Tupac Shakur's birthday. All right. Listen to mama. his music. He regularly, in all emails to employees, he would regularly quote Tupac. Yeah. Um, that could get, in. I mean, as like an older white man, that could be a little weird. Like, little there's weird. a lot of like the B word. and with that. You know, there's it's a lot unexpected. of offensive words that could potentially be used. It really depends on which line of the lyric you were to pull out. Oh man, I I, I listened to some Tupac back yeah, me in the too. day. I, I mean, it's I still hit him yeah, up. Dude. Great song. That California Love single. I used to have that. Yeah. It had um, like coming up from the gutter in a trash. Mm -hmm. It was the first. How do you want it? Was the yeah. first song on there, and then there was hit him up, which yeah. mm -hmm. is probably like the greatest diss track ever. And mm -hmm. it got him killed. Like got Tupac basically <laughs> killed. But, that double yeah. that double album. That uh, what was the All Eyes, All on, Eyes me. on Me was yeah. insane. That California Love video. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was intense. My and they even had um, they even had it was kind of a weird period too because like. Trent Reznor was remixing Dr. Dre songs, and you got to see sort of like goth industrial kids, like kind of also listening to hip hop. But I, I think almost everyone in our age, you and I are both 40, had The Chronic, had Doggy Ooh. Style, and had All Eyes on Me. I mean, Death Row was just sort of was, formative. Yeah. Even if you weren't a rap fan, yeah. you still had those CDs. Yeah, like, oh, it was they, that was, and they were so aggressive. And that was before. Like, rap became, like, just all about money and cars and everything. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, when, yeah, I'm Mike, into Foxhaven. He's a great, he seems like a yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. We need, I'm we're, okay with we it. We might reach out to him, see if he'll be a speaker at Freight Waves Live, too. Yeah, I got to get him on Freight Waves I, I was going to say, yeah. I feel this guy. Yeah. I think kinda, especially 4,200 really employees. Right yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can you uh, imagine what they were saying behind his back? Like, well, he, the, the private Slack channels or something? He apparently shared emails with the Washington Post where employees were emailing him saying, thank you for sending these quotes out. We yeah. love it. We're big Tupac fans. Well, Great way to bond with your team. I agree. I, I like it because it's real. It. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> and, no, and nobody's realer than Tupac. Yeah. And he also has like the whole thing. That of, like, is a fact. He, didn't, he died when he was 27. Like Everybody Cobain else. And, and, uh, Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison yeah. James Joplin. James oh, Joplin. But he's not, he's not really dead. Yeah, Machiavelli. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what they say. Yeah. That's and true. he put out more records dead than alive. Right. Yeah, just like Elvis and uh, the Beatles. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. All right, Moody, I want to hold your hand out of here. Yeah, thanks, All man. Right, well, thanks for coming by. Anything guess, else before we kick you out? No, we got to make a change. You know, it's time for us people to start making changes. Yeah. To quote Tupac. <laughs> All right, man. Thank Wait, you. PSR. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for keeping thanks it real. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> thanks, dog. <laughs> All right, man, let's see what the weekend has in store for us. It's Stone Cold Nick Austin. Oh, yeah. Coming in with the weather. Right. Fast-paced forecast. Woo! 
right, Nick, what's what's going on in the weird the weird world of weather? It is hot in here. It, it is, is hot in steamy. here. Steamy. So take off all your clothes. Remember that rap song? <laughs> yeah. I knew you were going. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> Nelly? Yeah, that was Nelly. It was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shows you what I know. Yeah. Well, we didn't bring you in here to talk rap. That was nope. Phil Moody. <laughs> yeah, I know. He already covered here. that, yeah. To talk about weather. And one video you shared on Twitter was this wicked lightning strike that split a tree in Maryland. Tell us about that. It was, first of all, it was really loud. Yeah. It, it's just amazing. It must have, the camera must have been mounted right outside of this house somewhere. I don't think somebody was actually standing with a camera outside. Yeah. Like, like a video doorbell or something. Yeah, ex- except the, the camera was facing the house. Yeah. Well, so, but it was probably mounted somewhere. They're pretty cheap now. You can buy those outdoor cameras, oh, yeah. for like, especially on like Prime Day, you can get them for like twelve bucks. I don't know if they're good, but they're like random off brands, right? Right. So I don't know. I mean, should I hold it up to my? Yeah, you show the, it the camera. No, I mean, just show, show it to the, the camera, camera really okay. quick, so they can they can. Right, hold on. Or maybe the audio. That's pretty loud. Oh wow. Yeah, there's yeah, no I'll way. I'll let it loop back around one time. Right. Nobody was sitting out there. No, I, I don't think so. Yeah. You know what, though? In the Northeast, we have these things called nor'easters. Yep. And I had this really sketchy-looking tree in my backyard that I never had taken down because it was going to be like $1,800 or something. And I was, it's just one of those things you avoid. But it definitely looked like it could die at any moment. And and what's funny is they, like, my neighbor down the street raised honeybees. And and one of them got loose and created their own colony in this tree. But then one day, the storm comes in March, and I'm in the kitchen, like, cleaning some dishes. And the tree fell down. It, it like missed my house by inches. I'll, I'll oh post God. the video on social media. But it was uh, it's scary to be. It in. is like it is scary. that is wow. really like, trees are super heavy. No, a tree almost fell on my house in high school. Uh, Hurricane Opal came yeah. through uh, the southeast in 1995 or so. Yeah, I think, yeah. Fell over the top yeah. of my car. Yeah, barely missed my parents' bedroom. Yeah, I mean, and it was like this hundred year old oak. My gosh. Oh yeah, so, multiple yeah. people die like yeah. per year in the Northeast in these storms, like from just tree branches yeah. crushing their cars while they're driving. Like it's the most unlucky thing possible. You're just driving down the street. I mean, the odds and of that. Yeah, then all of a sudden, sudden just right just, across, just gone, right across the road, just gone. That's insane. Yeah. So what's going on with the weather? Anything yeah. cool? What else is cool? Yeah. Uh, heat wave. That's what's that, that's what's cool well, right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not so just no. in the booth, but. Uh, uh, no, I don't want to joke about it. I mean, people need to take it seriously, yeah. but there's, there's a lot of, it's not even necessarily just the temperatures. There's not going to be a lot of necessarily record breaking, like hundred degree plus temperatures. Uh, but it's the humidity. Oh yeah. That's what they always uh, say. As we hear yeah. a lot, it's the humidity. Yeah. So all, all across the plains in the Midwest, including a lot of big cities like Chicago, uh, tomorrow and this weekend and Philly, New York, DC, places like that. I mean, just. All of this widespread temperatures, anywhere from like 95 to a little over 100 degrees. How long is this going to last? But the all through the weekend, all right. for, for most of these areas. So, but it's going to feel like it's about 110, 115 degrees. And so it's going from the Great Plains, the Midwest, and then right. up to the Northeast. I'll be up in yeah. New York, actually, New York City. So, am I? Am I? Is it going to be worse than Chattanooga? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. oh wow. Pro- probably. Yeah. It, Can't it's, escape. It's just going to be sweltering up there. So you know, it, right. it, it can affect. Uh, driver health, all those truckers out there need to be careful and yeah. drink plenty of water, you know, follow all the normal rules. And uh, it can cause some other problems as far as uh, freight movement, maybe minor or, or very short-term problems sure. with rails and things like that, you know, expanding, oh, yeah, expanding and possibly rails, yep. warping in the heat. Mm-hmm. So does that cause more but, derailments or is that is that like a thing? Well, it can. Uh, to- I don't think that's going to happen in a lot of areas with this particular heat wave, but uh, it, it affects rail velocity. It, yeah, it does. Yeah. They, oh, you should slow down. They have yep. to slow the trains mm-hmm. down. Yeah, uh, which can, of course, delay cargo, and um, you know they they can miss connections, things like that. So if they have to slow down, so 
Uh, it's a possibility that might happen in some of these, you know, heat wave areas. But uh, uh, overall, it's uh, folks just need to be careful. Right. It, we, actually, heat. If I could say one more yeah. thing about it, the heat. Heat is the number one killer of all weather-related events in the United States. Above flooding. Yes. Oh wow. So yeah. Heat... On, on average per year. And over yeah. cold too, right? Absolutely. Wow. Much more. You know, because you think of like homeless people being exposed to the cold versus the heat, that they'd probably be in a much worse spot, you know? Right. I mean, I've been in the cold. I've been when it's like negative 10, negative 20 degrees. That gets bad pretty quick. But I guess the heat's even worse. If you think about like these guys, like there's an MMA fighter and he went to like super shape, perfect shape. He went to go just like walk through the desert or run through the desert for his training. A guy ended up dropping dead. Like that, the heat can get you really fast. Absolutely. It, oh, yeah. it can. It can. Sometimes quicker than the cold. Okay, yeah. yeah. Apparently, that's what you're well, saying. Heat, is, exhaustion, it, heat exhaustion, um, you know, sunstroke, all that kind of stuff. Doesn't can, it also have to do with where the population is, too? Like, yes. up in the north, uh, yeah. big population centers, not all of them have air conditioning up there in, right. like, Minnesota yeah. and whatnot because it just doesn't get that hot that often. But it is prone to heat waves. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely, they are. But but you're right. A lot of older buildings and even some newer ones might, might not even have air conditioning. So, uh, so that doesn't make it, that makes it more of a risk. Yeah. We don't have air conditioning in here. Yeah. That's for sure. We don't. We, we're supposed to be sucking <laughs> no. the air out of but it, it doesn't work. But this is the uh, the hot yoga studio of sound. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the tropical storm, you said that's good. Before, we, uh, before you go on your way, there's tropical yeah. storm in Dana's? Dana's? Uh, I think it's, I think it's pronounced Danas, I think Danas. is the Danas. way. But, uh, All right. It's uh, that's what it's known worldwide. I'll put my pinky out but, when I drink my yeah. coffee. Danas. <laughs> Danas. Locally in the Philippines, it's called Falcon, Falcon, which I think is a much better name. I like that better. Why, do, why did why don't it <laughs> yeah. sounds like it should be the other way around? <laughs> exactly. I know it's not. <laughs> I don't know. As far as those international storms, I don't know how they work. I know yeah. how they name the ones you know that affect the U.S. in the Atlantic and Pacific. But basically, again, through the weekend, that storm is moving through parts of East Asia. So there might be some just short-term delays over the next few days as far as, uh, you know, ocean cargo right. at, like, Shanghai Port, Busan Port, which is in southern okay. South right. Korea. But it's probably not going to have any widespread major impacts, but some minor impacts. Yeah. Okay. So. so really nothing you can do about it, but, uh, nope. you know, just be prepared. Your your freight might be a, a day late. That's right. Yeah. I get I, I get almost, like, irate at Amazon Prime when, like, my stuff is, is like, a day late because <laughs> oh. you get so pampered and so used to it. And oh. I'm like— what the hell? I pay for Prime. And then they're like, I've talked to Chad, but they'll like gaslight you and they'll be like, no, it's not two days. It's two days after like when we ship, ship it. it. And you're like, you son of a Yeah, <laughs> no. And also, but early on, they were two days. After I know. It's such a it. lie. Yeah. Like yeah. up until last year. And if they were late, they would give you like a free month. Yeah. Every time. Really. You could just mm-hmm. complain to get a free month. But now customer service is kind of like, yeah, yeah. not yeah. as much. You're, you're addicted. <laughs> you have to yeah. like, you have to keep complaining. You have to keep pushing back on that text. And then it's just like, it, it gets so frustrating that you don't even bother. You're like, yeah. whatever, just gonna come. People are amazed. I have <laughs> never ordered problems. anything off of Amazon. You've never ordered anything off of Amazon. No, you're, you're the guy. And it's not because I'm against no. it. I just don't. You don't. Know I how don't to order use it. a lot of stuff online, yeah. so I'm not like one of those people yet. All right, Nick. That's how can our me. How can our fans <laughs> find you? <laughs> uh, my Twitter handle is at. Freight weather, the F and the W are capitalized. Twitter is not case sensitive. <laughs> I know. I keep forgetting that. You have to remind me of that every week. I keep forgetting. Yeah, it's a wonder you've never ordered anything off Amazon. <laughs> so, let me backtrack on that. Yeah. At freight weather. That's yeah. all I need to know. All right. <laughs> so that's I can find me on Twitter. And, uh, of course, you know, i got weather stories all the time posted yeah. on Freightways.com. Yeah. So, Freightways Now. Yeah. Yeah, and watch Freight Freight Waves Waves now. now. That's right, this gentlemen. Right, daily here. weather video yeah. Monday through yeah. Friday. That's but, right. But, 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 guys, what do you do? You not you don't just go to YouTube and type in Freight Waves. You and you don't just click subscribe. What do you do next? 
You smash that bell to get a notification every time a new video comes up, including this episode of What the Truck, which will be up shortly after we're done doing this live show. The the, the production team's great now. We have like five times as many production people in a month. They're they're quick, too, yeah. They do a great job. They do. Amazing people. They're awesome. Yeah. Thanks, guys. All right, take it easy, man. Appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right. All right, man. Now it's time that we hear from our dear readers. Oh, on, these uh, are great. I'm excited about this. Our dear readers <laughs> on FreightWaves. Yeah. The new and improved FreightWaves.com. Comment section rodeo. Ooh, let's round them up. I love it. <laughs> Woo. Hear yeah. that horse? Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Let's jump on the back of Globetrotter over here. Globe. So this is from the story. And it's always these sort of owner-operator carrier ones. I think a lot of our uh, the people who write comments on our site tend to be like truckers maybe stuck at um, docks or something like oh, that. Yeah. They got some time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this guy, this is Globetrotter, and it says, The road to riches is paved by over- owner-operators. And this guy, you know, he's a little word of advice on here. He says, If you buy a truck, you better be ready to pull max shifts in a minimum of 30 of 3,500 miles a week. Think max efficiency all day, every day. It's not easy. Better yet to get paid percentage and run hard coast-to-coast running reefer. Unless your truck is paid off, max logs all day. When a driver is grossing six to 8000 a month, the OO takes home twelve to 8000 depending on payments and fuel economy. The business is not easy, and being an <laughs> OO isn't for everyone. That's for sure. The stress of having an older truck is crazy. Is it worth it? Well, lots of sacrifices for owners. But it's worth it if you know the formula. That's intense, dude. I like his fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. I think I think he's giving a lot of advice. It's not yeah. easy. It's a tough business. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a big misconception yeah. in the industry. Like everybody thinks slow barriers to entry. Well, you got to buy that truck. That's an yeah. expensive thing. Yeah, and then if you want to scale it, you got to buy multiple trucks. You yeah. got to figure out that too. Yeah, and then eventually you got to be the big cheese who's sending all the other trucks out yeah. there. And uh, yeah, not an easy game. And then you got to source the freight. Yeah, so and you got to find. It, then you yeah. got to find that. You got to yeah. run it. You got to market your business. And you got to have the technology now to sort of scale. And, um, yeah, a lot of guys frustrated because it's not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got the next one, huh? Yeah. So from Daryl Ingen. Yeah, what does he got to say? All right. Most of these broke, homeless-looking old men wandering around truck stops are so-called OOs. They don't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> Whoa. Or a window to throw it out. Damn it. Losers. Whoa. <laughs> I'm a 61-year-old company driver. Pull down between 75 and 80K a year. Full benefits with 100% health insurance. I wouldn't trade places with 98% of the owner-operators for all the tea in China. Wow, it's a lot of tea. It is a lot of tea, <laughs> considering that's where it's grown most. Yeah. As, as soon as I'm 65, I'm done with a well-funded retirement. Well, I mean, good for him. I mean, I'm glad it works for him. I think that, uh, that you know, it's a little unfair, though, to the owner-operators who are successful. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand what, why he's so mad. Like, I he's, know. He's kind of like, I've done well, and these people... Haven't done well. Like, it's not like he tried... It doesn't sound like he tried to be one and then, like, look like a homeless guy at a rest stop, and he's like, and then I found my way by being a company driver. Yeah. I think that some of the guys who are successful owner-operators, it's because they don't want to be company drivers. Yeah. They want to be their own boss. Yeah, right. No, I, yeah. I don't I don't understand why he's mad. <laughs> I don't either. I mean, I think it can work for both people. And I think just sort of like any, like being an entrepreneur and starting a startup and being the CEO versus being someone who works at a startup. Yeah. You know, the, there's different roles to fill. Exactly. Neither no, of us we, own this company. We come in and we and we fit our spot in, and we probably do that for very specific reasons. Yeah, no, there's a variety of people out there that have, do things for different reasons. Yeah. And his was his way, and that's fine. And yeah, there's tons of others that do it another. <laughs> I don't <Yeah>. know. <laughs> I don't know. Daryl had a lot to say, though. Yeah. So, And there was another story. So the second source here is owner-operators are likely to push December compliance deadline. I mean, to nobody's surprise, right? Oh, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, it was kind of a weird rollout with the ELDs and the EBORDs, right? I mean, like, why? I don't, I don't understand that, honestly. I don't either. Uh, I, 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 well, I, I do understand it, but at the same time, I don't. I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I get why they're trying to give these guys a chance to kind of really gradually, because they don't have the scale to change that rapidly, especially with technology and stuff like that. So it, it, it it's very nice. Yeah. But at the same time, it's almost like delaying the inevitable. Like, I, you know, just go ahead and do it. You can get it over with and yeah. be done. Yeah. Well, Rick Sinks, he had to say, the ELD is pure stupid. I've been trucking for 37 years, and it all comes down to you want control of the owner-operator. It won't happen. I say we need a nationwide truck strike now. This is all crap. Changing rules every four months. Plain asinine. I'll be damned if you tell me what to do and how to do it, and we all just need to have the biggest truck shutdown ever. It's a cute threat, but yeah. we know that it doesn't happen. What did they do in April? Didn't they try to do that in they, April? Yeah, and, and the slow rolls and yeah. the coal rolls and those. It's, but, like, margins are so thin, as we know, with oh, acid man. base. How are you? You can't sustain it for that long. No, it's no. Tough. It's You're eventually going to lose. That's not that's not the thing you need to do. But I, I yeah. do think he has a point. I yeah. mean, ELDs, were, you know, that that's not something that the owner-operator and the small carrier really doesn't make them that much more efficient. And no. It's not, and obviously, that's not why it's there. It's there for a safety purpose. But at the same time, it is a big hindrance on truck efficiency yeah. in, in the market. I mean, in terms of, like, you know, the hours of service and how they're tracked now, um, I don't think that it's actually made anything more safe. Yeah. Uh, I think they're actually—I think some of these smaller carriers are actually— less safe i mean the bit the best benefit that it really had especially last year was that it allowed you to have analytics on like dock wait times yeah. and things like that so you could tell who bad partners were but a lot of times there's these contracts and things and there's really not that much you can it's like so what if the partner sucks no you're in a contract and they bring in x amount of revenue to your company like yeah if they're a bad company you can ditch them mm-hmm. but in a lot of ways there's just not that much reaction so i think that a lot of times the industry will be like well it's giving you all these advantages and, and truckers will roll their eyes because in reality it doesn't help that much, but you know what was interesting about the ELDs is we did freight all kinds, of brand new podcast yeah. that's come out, and this week it was on concert stages, and ELDs played a big part in that. Really? How yeah. so? Well, because of the hours of service that has to go in, they only have so much time, and, and they're on, you know, when you think about you're bringing a product for, for shelf stocks, you have X amount of time to bring it to a Walmart or wherever, but think about a stage or a venue. Yeah, oh, you're you, stuck the, there. The show, and the show has to, you have yeah. to be there within a certain mm-hmm. window. And if you run up against hours, if your hours fall short before you get to the venue, no, and that's where like team drivers and, and some real struggles can start to happen. No, and traffic and things like that. Yeah. So you're going through Atlanta at rush hour accidentally. Yeah. It's not your fault, yeah. but you got to shut down now, but you can't, you still have to wait. You know, yeah. you can't just shut down in the middle of the road and then think, oh, I can get them back. Well, and their hours <laughs> are being eaten during the whole entire setup, too, because the key's mm-hmm. been turned in the ignition. Yeah. So they only have X amount of hours to operate within a day. No, exactly. It, it really puts a strain. So Mark Coffey. Yeah. Rick, you are so right. We can shut this down. Oh. We have the power over every single... He disagrees s- with both of us. He does. It's fine. <laughs> over every <laughs> single sector of this country. Three days will get attention. The Little Bighorn was a short afternoon battle once the tribes stopped fighting each other and came together to vanquish Custer's army. little history. Thank you. <laughs> Company drivers think they would get fired. Nope, won't happen. They simply can't fire drivers and leave one hun- hundreds of trucks sitting. Since 1980, I've seen threats and a few weak attempts at a shutdown. We never have come came together. Myself and a few have participated, but no impact, no unity. Hmm. I guess we just keep getting brutalized by the public, the government, and just about anyone who eats. <laughs> Let's make it where they, they can't eat like they do us. We are not second-class citizens. We provide for this country just to be abused by it. Enough! Exclamation oh. point. All right. I mean, they're taking, taking this whole thing a little hard. 
Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get they kind of feel slighted, but at the same time, he just made his own point. Like they don't get together. Like, yeah, that's the reason that you have lower rates is because the industry is such a fragmented mess. Yeah. I mean, there's hundreds of carriers, there are thousands of carriers out there and you're all competing with each other. And you may think that you're tight with somebody and it's like, we're going to shut down together. And then there's a thousand others that are not. So, yeah. And then what do you do? There's always someone out there to undercut you and to just, and to make the move. Yeah, exactly. Cause there's always a guy out there who's got to make that payment. He's on his last chance to make that, to make that bill before he defaults, before he gets repoed. So I don't know. It's, it's a tough situation too, because it's almost like what he's almost saying is there needs to be mass consolidation to, to make this sort of unified front. But then mass consolidation isn't really good for the drivers themselves because they have less opportunity. Exactly. And not just to move freight, but in terms of leveraging salary. And also they're now a big company. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Now they're basically just a company driver. Everyone right. is exactly, and that's not what a lot of these guys want. No, and it's really not like the spirit that drives people to jump behind the wheel of of the truck. You know, no, exactly. That... These are these lone rangers, these cowboys yeah. that are running the roads and getting it done. And I, I feel them. <laughs> well, Glenda feels them too. Here's what Glenda had to say: Almost feel like a prisoner in my own truck. I would like to do this S to all of you office workers. You have to stay at your office and can't go home because you've worked over eight hours. Now you have to stay. See how that feels? Well, what do you feel about that, Zach? I've definitely worked more than eight hours in a day. You know, I I used to work in dispatch. I used to talk a lot of these drivers. And I mean, you're on the road and you're you're doing the work. I mean, you're out there doing the work. And you you talk to somebody 2,000 miles away trying to tell you what to do. Could be some 24-year-old kid, which is what I was. Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, but when I was there, you know, I really tried to put myself in their shoes a lot because that is, that is a tough spot to be in. You're, you're at the, you don't have any visibility of what's going on 2,000 miles away with somebody telling you what to do and how to be. And that's impacting your pay and your lifestyle and all these other things. And and you were probably told coming in, like, well, you're going to be home every other weekend and yada, yada, yada. And then all of a sudden a few things happen. It's like, well, if you want to have a job, then you have to do these things. And I get it. I mean, well, yeah. And then a lot of times too, you'd see people yelling at my, I remember working in several different three PLs and I would hear other, you know, CSRs, customer service trips yelling at these drivers. Like, why didn't you do X thing yet? It was that CSR who didn't put on the delivery notice or the pickup slip, the specialized information that needed to be there. They didn't put the lift gate. They didn't put that. It needed dry ice. They didn't say it needed a reefer and they called a regular, like all these sort of Stupid things that aren't the driver's fault. The guy only knows what is on that dispatch. Oh, yeah. It's like being a cook in the kitchen, you know, when the wait staff goes in and puts the wrong order in and you have to deal with the the fallout of it by remaking something that puts you behind on something else. Frustration abounds. And the other one, too, like that you'd see drivers complain about, and I I always felt for them, was people taking more than that three hours or the two hours of free time they're supposed to get for the trucker. They would expect the trucker to unload everything and set up like tents and just do like crazy things that are out of service. Yeah, no, we used to have a lot of inside deliveries that we deal with and the, the drivers just didn't. I mean, obviously that's not what they're yeah. paid to do a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that both of us empathize with the, the, the trucker structural, even though we haven't been behind the wheel, we've been on the other side For of sure. it and we've seen, we've seen some of, some of the flaws that happen from, uh, from the training. I don't think it's always intentional, but there's definitely a level of like, there's definitely a, a, di- a level of disrespect within some three PLs. Like, oh, it's just the driver. Oh, carriers alike. I mean, yeah. uh, you, but it's the same thing. It's like out of sight, out of mind. You know, yeah. you don't really see the daily struggle, and you don't know what somebody's going through until you do it. You yeah. know, nobody yeah. knows what I did until you know they sit in my desk. Which don't do that. Well, <laughs> if you want to reach out to Zach, you know, specialized co-host here, yeah. Zach, how can they get in touch with you? We got to wind up the show. Oh yeah, so you can reach out to me. I've got a LinkedIn account. Yeah, check me out on that. Zach or, Strickland. Yep. Yeah, or. At, at me on Twitter. Are at, you? What is it? At, at, at FWSB 
L-V. L-T-A-N. So right. it's a little play on the thing because somebody actually took F F W S U L T A. Who? What, what madness, right? Who's yeah. squatting on that? His name was like Fred W. Sultan. All right. He's probably a multimillionaire yeah. or something right. like that. <laughs> you can find me at Timothy Dooner. I'm also on LinkedIn. You're, you know, my profile picture is easy to find. I look a bit like that, you know, hitting the cowbell. Um, Reach out to us there. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere podcasts are heard around the world. We're also on Facebook Live at 3.30 on Mondays and on Thursdays Live. Then you can go to YouTube if you missed this show or you came in late. It's uh, on Freightwaves, the same place where Freightwaves now is. Click subscribe. Like I said, smash that bell. You're going to get the notification on every new episode that comes out. Great weekend. What are your plans? I know I got to go to New York to do Freightways Radio with John Kingston. That's on Road Dog Trucking at 3 o'clock. You were actually on there last week. I was there last yeah. week. Not uh, this week, though. Minutes. Not this week. No, I've got my uh, my daughter's birthday is oh, this wow. weekend, remember, from yeah. Amazon Prime, the order. Yeah. Happy hopefully, birthday to her. Hopefully it comes in on time. Yeah. So that came in much quicker. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the thing that didn't matter as much. Right. Your feelings could have got hurt there. Yeah. It wouldn't. I didn't care. <laughs> well, let's send him home with a little outro. Here comes out here, that thing in the ignition. Let's bang a little cowbell for your t-shirt right there. Bang a little cowbell, cowbell. for your daughter's birthday. Yeah. Bang a little cowbell for the live audience on Facebook. Because you are listening to What The Truck. Woo! Zach, thank you for joining us. Uh, you might be back here on Monday. I'm not sure our special guest host one way or another. Two-two for all the listeners out there. Have a great weekend. A little cowbell for everybody else. The CSR is be nice to your driver. We're listening in. We're watching you. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Take it easy, guys. Energy. <laughs>